0: Hey, welcome to episode 10 of Who's Mine in the Store. My name is Julian, and I wanted to start this episode by addressing the last episode. I talked about the Ukraine, and it was a bit of an anti-war episode. Some of the feedback I received directly or indirectly was about how, one, a lot of people in the Ukraine were being racist against people from Africa or India. A lot of people stuck in the border or not allowed in buses or trains. They were allowed to get on last because of the color of their skin. And that why do so many people care about the war? Is it just because it's blue-eyed, white, civilized people? And they're all really fair points. Another one was about how the U.S. is constantly bombing. All that is very true. That's why I had put the Eisenhower clip at the beginning about the industrial-military complex. How it's something that's just so out of hand. That it's just normal that, that bombs and drones are being used every day to kill people. National defense is a very hot topic issue and I don't want to get too political it was just more of a anti-war but I wanted to address that first because it's true and uh, yeah a few of my friends mentioned it and I thought totally right it's funny now the internet feels like high school social studies and <laughs> if you're not talking about current events and your opinion and if you're not on the right side of the opinion it's like block mute unfriend and obviously it's been going on for a few years I feel like people learning like oh that's what that family member thinks about or that's what my friend or my boss or I feel like the last few years have really shown where people stand on issues about race and sexism something that happened recently in Argentina a young girl was sexually assaulted by six guys one of those guys had been arrested previously because of sexual assault and they let him go Uh, so yeah it's hard not to talk about What's kind of out there. And I just wanted to address it real quick. I feel like what everyone said was really true. Uh, there's a show on YouTube called Some More News. And it's a guy that used to be on Cracked. The magazine and website. And he started kind of like a last week with John Oliver. But on YouTube, one of the writers, Katie Stoll. She mentioned how you can be against the war. And also point out that you know people are being racist and fucked up. And have empathy for those that are being discriminated against. Um, again, I don't know when we're gonna evolve into even beliefs. Again, I mentioned in the last episode. Who cares what you like to eat or what you believe? We should all be able to get along with each other. I was in and out with my little brother yesterday, and he's my number one fan. He always like, I, I watch your videos and I like them as, as soon as they come out. You fucking idiot. I was like, oh yeah, thanks. Man. Since he's my number one fan, I asked him, okay, what do you like? What do you not like? He said he really likes biographies. So I thought since it was Black History Month and now it's Women's History Month, combine it. So when I was trying to record this episode, I didn't know really what to talk about. I went for a run and I thought about one of my favorite episodes from a show called Iconoclast. <laughs> came out in 2006. It was in the IFC channel, independent film channel. And it's a show where basically two people that break the mold, iconoclast. you know, icon, uh, it all comes from Greek. I'll let my Angela describe what an iconoclast
1: is because she'll do a better job. Iconoclast. It really means to break up the icon. An icon is that figure held high by the majority. And that's from the Greek icon. And klastis means breaking. The iconoclast is he or she who breaks up old ideas.
0: And in this show, Dave Chappelle asked for Maya Angelou. He wanted to talk to her, and she agreed. A lot of people were like, you're going to talk to Dave Chappelle? Like, haven't you heard his jokes? And
1: there are people who I told, I'm going to be talking with Dave Chappelle. You! No, Doctor, not you.
2: <laughs> it's a pretty odd pairing, even by my standards. She's probably written more books than I've read. I usually speak very softly,
1: and I had a huge voice. He went crazy.
0: This was 2006. This was when Dave Chappelle walked away from the Chappelle show. They were offering $50 million. He just didn't enjoy it anymore. He talks about it in the show with Myangelo where he talks about one of the sketches and his intention but the way that some people were laughing about it and how it rubbed them the wrong way and that he knew and that's all that matters so he decided to walk away
2: but i wasn't walking away from money i was walking away from the perfect storm of bullshit
0: and what happened after, where the media was like, oh, he's on crack, he's in the insane asylum.
2: They told you everything but the truth. Maybe corporate America fucks with human beings like their products and investments.
0: And how it was all bullshit. He says that no one talked about the truth. And yeah, how corporate America, it's just you're a commodity and they'll just fuck with you if you don't want to play with them. There's one of my favorite jokes or bits that he does where has like the stool, and he talks about like, yeah, you know, when someone walks in and it's like, here's $50 million on the table.
2: The room, that says this $50 million, this pile of money, it's all for you. And when you try to grab it, he just throws his dick right on top of (laughs) it. I don't want to. I
0: I watched this episode many times. I had bought it on Amazon a few years ago because I couldn't find it anywhere, but now it's on YouTube. So if you want to watch it, I'll put the link down below. It's 45 minutes. (laughs) The last few days felt kind of like that scene from Do the Right Thing. It's like, well, who's your favorite athlete? Who's your favorite comedian? And, you know, who's your
2: favorite basketball player? Magic Johnson. Who's your favorite movie star? Eddie Murphy. Who's your favorite rock star?
0: Prince.
2: Your Prince,
0: Prince Bruce? Prince. For me, Dave Chappelle is like I've seen everything by him, even YouTube videos. There's like a an 85 or 8-hour eight YouTube video where he just stops at a comedy show in New York and he just That's like an eight-hour set. A few people have seen it. uh, I've actually made good friends with people that have seen that. It's like, you watch that? Okay, I know that we can talk. At the end of the show, Dave Chappelle talks about how, you know, I hope that, you know, what do I see in the future? Because at the time, Dave Chappelle was turning 33. He's turning 49 this year, I think. And he's like, oh, I want to, you know, I want to have a picture of Barack Obama. I want him to be the first black president. I hope that there's, you know, peace in the middle east we're working on that dave and he says maybe my son will be a comedian and he won't have to joke about race because again i think comedy part of comedy comes from pain and i think that a lot of what dave chappelle talks about is things that he observes in the world and how he you know my Angela says that he knows how to like see something and he bends it so it's funny they talk about icons they, at some point they talk about martin luther king and malcolm x and if you want a funny picture when i was in eighth grade i had finally gotten out of uh, english as a second language classes esl i came to the u.s in sixth grade so sixth grade i was taking most basic esl then in seventh grade i got like okay one up it was still english it was like english 1a or 1b and eighth grade finally i was in regular english and i don't know why for my senior project i decided to do it on the biography of malcolm x so for a few months i was I was walking around the school with this giant Malcolm X book. Uh, It had the library, like, the cover of it, so you wouldn't get it dirty. Uh, If you care or if you pay any attention to black culture or history and try to see it through their perspective, the whole episode, they talk a lot about words. At the beginning, they discuss the writing process. Again, I'm always talking about creating and writing and the process. But it's something that I find fascinating so my Angela says, every town I go to, I rent a hotel room. I wake up at five thirty the next day.
1: And I leave my house about five thirty in the morning. Oh my goodness. Kind of cleanse myself. I don't know how I do that. But I get out anything that happened last night or on the drive over there, away from me. So
2: I'm back with with my work.
0: And Dave Chappelle goes, oh, it's so funny. I'm the opposite.
2: It's almost like the quantum leap difference is the absence of people. I need I need the people so bad. I can't write in a vacuum. And sometimes the inspiration won't hit you until you're in front of the people. And then you look at somebody's face and you be like, this might be interesting. I'll tell this person about that. Anyone here ever get divorced? What happened, man? can't write in a vacuum
0: i need people you know i need to see their faces and reactions and sometimes inspiration will only come around other people i've recorded this episode probably like 10 times i was trying to use a different app on the iphone on the iphone and it just kept saying storage full so i would talk for an hour and then look at the camera and it would say oh it's full now sorry here's 15 minutes so if the video looks a little different that's why at some point in the episode, they talk about courage and how that's the most important virtue without courage. You can't really practice any of the other virtues consistently.
1: And you develop courage, the most important of all the virtues, because without courage, you can't practice any other virtue consistently. If you've seen another truth and had enough courage to change your way of thinking, to say, Hey, everybody, you know what I said last week? I don't believe that anymore a little child just straightened me out. This was the mark of Martin and of Malcolm. They also
0: talk in the end about why Dave picked Maya Angelou to do the episode with, and he talks about how he had tickets to go see her with his mom and his godmom in Dayton, Ohio.
1: I didn't know until today that you had asked for me.
2: Oh yeah, man.
1: I didn't know until today.
2: I told you, my, my mother uh, and my godmother had, had tickets to see uh, to see you and date
0: that when she talked she was so poignant and everything she said she he felt that she was talking to him.
2: And you were so incredibly engaged and poignant that it was as if you were talking just to me and at, the, at that particular time it was right after I walked away from my show mm-hmm. and it was you were saying things that I needed to hear that I really said so.
0: then they talk about you know a line that you don't want to cross no matter how much money someone offers you
1: it's important if not in fact imperative that each knows that uh, there's a line beyond which you will not go when lots of money is dangled before people's eyes
0: and then maybe everyone around you is like, how, how are you not going to take that? And it's really beautiful. It's a lot about integrity and artists trying to deal with uh, criticism and the public's idea of them.
1: And some would say, damn, Jack, you're giving this up? They mean, that- I'm not making this money because you've given it up. I know it. Oh, yeah. I know it too well, very well. But the thing is you have some place then nobody, kiss nor kin, can take you beyond, somewhere in the bend of your elbow. You see? Nobody. Someone else, man.
0: And at the end of the day, you have to be true to yourself. Halfway through the episode, Maya Angelou talks about when she was seven and she was sexually abused by her mom's boyfriend.
1: I was there a couple of months when my mother's boyfriend raped me. The man was put in jail for one day and night and released.
0: And that the guy was arrested, he was in jail for one day, and then they let him out. A few days later, the police found him and he was dead. She overheard that he was kicked to death. For her, it was like, oh, it's my fault. My voice killed someone.
1: I decided that my voice had killed the man, so I wouldn't speak. I spent six years of my life as a mute and words became very
2: important to me i think words are what hurts people as much as the intentions behind words
0: So she became a mute for a few years and that's when words became really important to her and she talks about how powerful words are and what they can create she even gets a little metaphysical about you know when you say words it's like they're already out there in the it's like the scene from when harry met sally it's already out there you know words are important and they can kind of get under you and they can become part of who you are they can be a cancer they can uplift you both dave Chappelle, and maya angela really helped me learn english and just see the rhythm of the language and the way that you can bend it and use it i think they're both they're both musicians with words they know how to use them Some people are really boring when they talk. Other people are very, very talented in portraying a message or being able to just be funny. The whole episode is really interesting because it talks about words, the power, the way that we use them, our intentions behind our words.
1: I think that Dave Chappelle and I are uh, soulmates. He thinks quite profoundly. And she also gives some advice
0: about don't pick it up. Uh, She talks about if you accept the compliments when people are like, oh, you're the greatest, you're the best. You also have to pick it up when they're like, what happened to you? You lost it. You're not the same anymore. You're boring. They talk about anger. uh, And she, Dave Chappelle, at some point, it's like in the 60s, there were so many assassinations. You know, uh, JFK, his brother, Robert Kennedy, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. And he's like. I would be angry if I, those are my friends and like the people I grew up with, I would be angry at my country. And she's like, that, yeah, you're always, you are stay angry, but you don't wanna be bitter. And she's like, if you're bitter, it eats you up. It's like cancer. But if you're angry, then you know, write and paint and use that anger as a voice.
1: Even when I'm displeased with what my country is doing, I am still an American who is displeased. And fortunately, being an American, I don't have to whimper. I don't have to whine. I have the right to protest. And I like that.
0: And I feel like a lot of Dave Chappelle's last few stand-ups, there's a lot of that because it's like we want to silence certain people, but we're allowing so much horror to go on in the world. Again, who's allowing it? Like, right, we're all, we're all just trying to live our lives. But uh, I think at the, uh, near the end, Maya Angelou recites a poem about growing old.
1: This is called, "On Aging, which I wrote as a song. When you see me walking stumbling, don't study and get it wrong. Tired don't mean lazy. Every goodbye ain't gone. I'm the same person I was back then. A little less heart, a little less chin. Some less lungs and some less wind. But ain't I lucky I can still breathe
2: in. Mm -hmm. Hey. I love it. She just shows me, like, okay, this is all what life is about. This is like, this life is happening as we speak.
0: <laughs> There's a quote in the book, How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dell Carnegie. I think, I don't know who the quote is, if it's Emerson or Thoreau, but it's uh, everyone is my superior in some way. And in that, I learn from them. And even Ma- my Angela says it too. She, at some point, she's like, having courage is knowing that you can change. And being an icon allows you to grow and learn.
1: and But that's a wonderful thing about the icon. You continue to grow and you develop courage to say, hey everybody, you know what I said last week? I don't believe that anymore. A little child just straightened me out. He talks about
0: Malcolm X and when he went to Mecca and that he said, you know, I went to Mecca and I saw white, blue-eyed, blonde people that I could call my brother.
1: So when Malcolm X came to Africa, and came to us in West Africa, in Ghana. He said, I have met blue-eyed, blonde-haired, white men at Mecca, and I can call them brother.
2: I have, to, I have I've learned not all whites are the devils. It's important for you to talk about exactly. these people. Exactly. And remind me of the humanity because there's icons
0: and right there's a little bit of hope in that we're all human beings at the end of the day
2: every human grouping whether it's just two people a
1: family people in the neighborhood people in the city in a nation a tribe a species people live in direct relation to the heroes and the sheroes they have
2: there was a certain consciousness that was the backdrop of my upbringing you know We would have, like, Malcolm X pictures hanging up in our house. Kind of a counterculture upbringing, like, things that I knew about that I was starting to understand were not in everybody's homes.
0: It's good to be mindful about the world and try to influence it or tilt it towards, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation. I always love that optimistic future about Star Trek. The Abraham Lincoln space episode, as corny as that is, because start the federation humanity is so good in the future racism is so dead she doesn't even know to be
1: offended by that
2: the foolishness of my century had me apologizing where no offense was given we've each learned to be delighted with what we are and, and it's it's such a, a thing of the past that it's it's forgotten it's
0: compl- like it's completely forgotten about it's this wonderful bright vision of a humanity that that made it It's something we can look forward to. It's fucking, it's inspiring to me. That's what what we should aim for. It's already there. We we have the blueprint a little bit. We got to be more like Star Trek. I've recorded this a lot of times, so just finish it. Hope you have a good week. I'll see you again on Sunday.
2: Bye. This one with the gentleman with the cigarette. I can't take my eyes off.
1: That was given to me by my brother. He asked that I put it as the last piece I see before I go into the bedroom. And that my husband would see so that we could say to each other, stop it. Whatever you said earlier, forget it. That's hilarious. I like that thing. I like it too.